Attention, please be advised. The following episode contains spoilers. Don't say we didn't warn you. I will ask Josh, though, what number episode is this? (laughs) His mind just exploded. Nerd on. What is everyone? Welcome to Nerd on the podcast you didn't need but you deserve, where all levels of nerd are welcome, even if they're, uh, you know, your wife, or they're or too. they're not on, in the center <laughs> of the frame. Uh, I'd like to introduce ourselves real quick before we get into the topic and all that kind of stuff. My name is Corey, Caitlin, Josh, Ali, Corey. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm Tom. And in house, to me all the time. In house, it doesn't work the same with your personality, Tom. Oh, okay. That's you're true. too. Oh. Uh, you're too professional and good. I'm 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 too loud. Rude it works. Boy. I'm the rude boy in the lot. Uh, <laughs> we have an in house guest <laughs> today. Uh, in house. It's very special guest to me. Uh, so special, I married her. Oh. It is. Must be nice. Dana. Dana. Oh, Dana. Powers. Other wife. My first other wife. wife. Yeah, my first wife first next wife. to Tom. Next to Tom. Um, Perfect. Can't I, be, can't I be your first husband? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. No, uh, you call yourself the wife. Yeah, you that's started not, that. We didn't no. give you that. You chose I that. I said I'll be a great wife one day, but I say we share it. Wow. You're a great wife now. So um, today we are discussing uh, a, a new topic. Not It's not first something. First time we've done something Yeah, like this, this is a little new. Uh, we're actually going to be discussing a person. A director. A director of sorts. A filmmaker. Uh, a storyteller. One, Dana. No, a one Mr. Uh, <laughs> Mr. No. Uh, one Mr. Wes Anderson, uh, mm-hmm. which happens to be uh, Dana's favorite director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy um, crap, we're almost a year in and we're doing new types of I topics. know. It's pretty know. exciting. Oh my God. So uh, we are going to be going around discussing the specific films. For those of you who are longtime listeners of the show, we will not be going to synopsis of each film because uh, then you'd have a 10-hour episode. Synopsis. So we'll be discussing different films. Go watch them. They're all good. They're all fun. Uh, but let's get into some business real quick. This episode is brought to you in part by... Don't take it from him. <laughs> Just do it, Tom. You got Our it. patrons over at Patreon. Oh. If you like what you listen to and you want to support the show and you want to hear more content and see all the cool things we do, then jump into our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com slash nerdon. TV. Yeah. TV. But I will ask this you, is Josh. why Josh does it. I will ask Josh, though, what number episode is this? <laughs> His mind just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Ollie? It's 51. Woo. Is that a magic number? Damn. And it's a magic number because it comes right before 52, which, which would be our one, one year anniversary. anniversary. <laughs> awesome. What are we doing for it, Josh? What are we doing for our anniversary? We are going to release da, 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 basically. Da, 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 da. Oh, no. No. That's no. <laughs> wrong. bad, Tom. No. no. Should I just not talk? No. Because Tom just wants to keep talking. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> so, what are we doing, Josh? Well, we're going to do a binge episode which is the lord of the rings all yep. three at once all for you next week three episodes so yeah. mega episode look at your new episodes list and it's return of the king go back a couple yeah yes. the whole <laughs> all three of them are going to be there don't play that podcast roulette today to celebrate yeah. one year but right now we are here with dana dana powers in in the studio i'm really excited about this mm-hmm. no new name. Each other i really looks like it it's a great name, across the room the yeah way. we did just get married uh, a year ago just a little over a year ago. I got ago. my first, um, is that really your name the other day? Which Corey's uh, had his whole life. And I got was it. Austin. And, and I said, yeah, no, I haven't gotten that yet. That's dated now. That's dated. We're not in the 90s anymore. 
Sorry. What the were you 90s saying? I was just going to say, welcome to back. the Nerd HQ. Um, oh, thank yeah. you. Um, let us know a little bit about yourself. Let our audience know a little about you. Mm. Who are you? What do you do? When mm. I was five. Well, yeah, it all started in 1989. <laughs> oh, my God. And oh God. Um, <laughs> I used to be allergic to strawberries. Not <laughs> oh, anymore. my God. Watermelon is my favorite. <laughs> um, besides that, though, I'm a voiceover actress. Um, that's what I've been doing full time for the past few years. I work primarily in commercials, but I have done a couple video games and handful of episodes on We Bear Bears on Cartoon Network. Oh, I love that show. Check it out if you have. Oh, it's so cute. Do you even? Th- were you mocking me? Oh my god, <laughs> Josh is mocking me. I didn't expect that out of him. Anyway, that show is so cute. Sweet baby Josh, sweet cute. Go to well, it you're mean to my that's wife again. Ugh. Swear to God. Any any other Swear projects we might know about? Um, I she just w- came out in State of Decay two. If you like your zombie game, another name I gotta go pick yeah. up. Real quick. Um, <laughs> other than that, if you like your Blue Cross Blue Shield commercials with a side of your she's your girl Splenda commercials with a side of your whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Stuff like that. Yeah, then you'll nice. know me. A little voice voice actress. Ooh, and a little fun fact. The reason that I am part of Nerd On is because of Dana. This is true. It's true. There was Whoops, an ex- there was sorry. an extreme hiring process. It was probably. a it was actually kind of like a cascade it of things. So, so quickly, as we <laughs> mentioned before, Tom and I work on a web series uh, called PAs that we created and we write, and we needed a a person for a p- specific role. Um, it's actually our last episode that just came out, our season finale. Shut up. And Caitlin stepped into the role graciously as the uh, pyrotechnic, and also set. stepped into the crew role of. Boom operator. <laughs> yes, and also ran boom because everyone puts on different hats. And also on the probably like PAs. assistant makeup. And she got there. Oh, I did a lot we, of things. We needed to replace a role, and we were just like, "How could this role? How be could we fun? do it and also make it better? And also make it better <laughs> and more beautiful? But also, aren't you forgetting you are an uh, an award nominated actress for short films such as? Oh yeah. Oh, oh my God, Tom. Oh my God. <laughs> but we were we were my talking about how Caitlin got work. here. I'm sorry. This was about Caitlin for a second. And okay. so, so anyway, okay. it cascaded it, into her. Me meeting her and and Tom meeting her and then her getting uh kind of hooked into this nerd on. It life. was maybe two weeks after. Yeah, yeah. We worked and on that project. I, I literally was thinking about like because Dana is not only you know in as in voice acting. Yes. she's also a great she's physical performer. Yes, this is because she's in PAs, but is, yes. Tom mm-hmm. has known her a while as well because of uh me th- and bags we're both and buses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Tom, short film. Is that what you were gonna say? Yeah. On the next season of Big Love. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, I mean every. And it's kind of funny talking about Wes Anderson, talking about an auteur. Every director typically has their own go-to actors or actresses, and Dana and Corey have become mine. Aww. Forever, they're like We're little stones muses. in my infinity, infinity out, uh, glove. Gaunt, so just, yeah, <laughs> just people I'm collecting. So Ooh, yeah. my own what finger am I on? What knuckle? Probably the middle. Ooh, what do I get? One. You, get the, you get the little one. You, sign I was gonna say, probably the you got the little one. That's some fancy pinky? shit. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's about fancy. It. Well, because you got to do some cool stuff like this. Okay. So. Oh my god! Oh, I got oh, giving a thumbs passion. up. Yeah, that's yeah. About right. <laughs> that was a thumbs up. Doing a lot of finger stuff here. Um, but yeah, uh, so we're all interweaved pretty closely, and I think that's that's really fun. Yeah. Thank you for coming on to the show. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I get to talk about Wes Anderson. It's going to be the best. I love him. He feels good. He's like a big hug when you watch his movies. 
Yeah. I'm ready. You tell For me. For those why. of you who haven't seen it, spoilers ahead. We're going to be discussing his entire filmography. His entire filmography. Yes. So if you haven't seen any Wes Anderson films or you're worried yes. about one we may spoil, go pause it and watch it now because it's great. I'll tell you right now, there's a reason why he's, his movies still come in theaters. Yeah. They don't go directly to DVD. Yeah. yeah. So. And um, he literally makes it for like 25 million. So. And like does a quadruple, like six times his budget um, in box office. Oh let God. me ask you a question, Tom. No. Okay. Yes, so, so Dana. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Are we rating? Uh, because we it's a person, right? So we're not really rating. No, we, we can't. Know. We can't because yeah. Yeah. He's in, it's kind of like a TV show. We can't rate a show that's ongoing, or like yeah. a yeah. We can't rate a show that's ongoing, right? Got it. So it's kind of like he's continuing to make his work, and I wouldn't even know how to rate a person yeah. and their creative. I just want to make sure there's no guest scrump on this no, episode. No, no guest um, scrump. So we'll jump right into uh, what we like to do in the show is talk about initial reactions, um, kind of how you got into it. And Dana, we're gonna start with you. What was the Entry for you to know who Wes what was your gateway was. drug? Yeah, my gateway drug. Uh, this wasn't my first Wes Anderson film, but it wound up being my favorite, which was Darjeeling Limited. Um, it came out the year that we were graduating high school. I've already said when I was born twice, so I'm just gonna yeah. everybody knows me now. Class anyway, of 07. That was class <laughs> of 07. Nothing 007. That's kind of cool. Actually. Yeah. Um, that was my gateway drug. I saw that. Actually, I think it was a freshman in college when I saw it. And it just like stuck with me. It like the soundtrack, the visuals, the uh, the performances, the main guys in it. Something about it resonated so yeah. deeply. And then I was like in it deep. And I went back and watched all of his previous films because I think at that point I'd probably seen Royal Tenenbaums at the very least. But then I like got in deep and saw that was the like your addiction was, like, right loyal. there. Loyal. Yeah, that, that was, was my it. gateway drug. Ollie? Um, for me, it was uh, Life Aquatic. Uh, oh, I think that nice. was the first one that I saw. Um, and I mean, needless to say, he has a pretty incredible visual style and that's always refreshing, always manages to like like surprise you, but at the same time, it's like familiar and comforting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just love the sort of like, like diorama. Like that's such a good way to put it. Yeah, to everything, every part yeah, of that's it. That's a perfect it way to put like, it. Yeah, it's definitely probably the nothing. Way he makes it, nothing is out of purpose or whatever. Everything is there. Very intentional. It's methodical. Um, and I, 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 I just love Bill Murray and um, <laughs> Willem Dafoe in in that movie and yeah. it just yeah and uh wasn't Jeff Goldblum in it oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah so I mean that cat that cast right there like that's what brought me to even go watch it in the first place and so then, Life Aquatic was your that was it gateway Tom you know um a little bit about me just real quick I grew up from my parents who loved nothing but Schwarzenegger and Stallone stuff so to say that I had <laughs> like a very so much oh my god I know opposite. I feel like I just learned so much well yeah. to, to say lot. that I had a very like rich film background <laughs> as a child a good rearing is a lie um, because I had just cheesy popcorn flicks so it's funny because growing up like knowing about Wes Anderson his aesthetic was like so jarring for me mm -hmm. and I was just like not okay with it and then seeing later on how there was a certain like you met us well obviously there's even in film school there's a certain discourse of people who really loved what he was doing you know what he was doing with narrative and how he interwove style and story together and it's just never stuck with me it be it what i equivalent it to is it's fine dining for someone that's been eating tv dinners for such a long time and it took me such a long time to really start getting into it. And actually, it was before you guys helped me get, you know, get more excited about it. But yeah. it was because of Grand Budapest Hotel. 
Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. it tied Birdman for it was his first art uh, film. Yeah, it was it tied uh, Birdman for nominations nine okay. at the Academy Awards. I did not know that. Um, and it won four, five, four or five of them. And Damn. I was like, okay, all right, you have spoken. I get it. I have to just <laughs> watch it and like you know if, so whether it's like dry oatmeal or not. But I'm like, and then the later pudding. on, dry oatmeal. But then, you know, like having, we talk about baggage and we talk about like what we bring into it and like learning all the things I've learned about film. I really started understanding just the art form of his own filmmaking craft. And mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about auteur theory later on, but yeah. yeah. So it, I, I have now grown to very much appreciate his artwork, whether or not I like the narrative or not. Interesting. So I like that. It's kind of like, it's, a, yeah. it's always a good mind exercise. Yeah. It engage, you, mm-hmm. You're forced to engage as an audience member. I think that's kind of where I like him. Um. For me, it was Royal Tenenbaums. Dana, actually, I think is the one who showed it to me uh, in like high school. Uh, and that was my gateway into it. And I particularly connected with that film uh, just because it's, I mean, all his films are very character driven, but it was kind of a little, I don't know how to, a little more defined the characters at least, right? You have Ben Stiller's character who's his son's dressed the exact same and uh, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's character, who's just kind of like non-emotional, but also very emotional at the same mm-hmm. time. It's, I don't know. It was just it's, really it's, divine. Yeah. What's Harrison's art form with that? Yeah. So uh, for me, I remember seeing that movie and it was a good, another one of those situations where I had never seen anything like that before. I had never seen someone frame a movie in the way that he did or, uh, you know, line characters up in a shot that outside of the cinema, if you saw people lined up this certain way, would be like, what the fuck? It's very theatrical. Yeah, it is. It's very theatrical. That's a great way to put it. Uh, It's like a stage play sometimes, but it feels very normal in his world. And he's able to normalize these things that are otherwise like over the moon crazy. Yeah. Um, So that was, that was my entry. piggyback on that comment, he said in the extras that I was watching on something the other day, he said he loves larger than life characters in real life. Yeah. Mm. Like characters that, Characters and scenarios and blocking and et cetera that you don't see in real life put in real life. That like yeah. that's where normally he wants to be there, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. specialize in. Kayla? My intro to Wes Anderson has actually only happened in the last couple weeks. Oh, I was um, so w- ready for you to say last couple hours. <laughs> well, <laughs> not wrong. Uh, I watched Isle of Dogs on the plane back from Hawaii, which was only not that long ago. Yeah. And then the second thing I've ever seen was Moonrise Kingdom, mm. which was today, a couple hours oh, ago. Oh, wow. There you go. There uh, it is. There so is. That's for me. So, but my, I guess my relationship with Wes Anderson is a bit skewed because I went to art school in Indiana and I did a lot of photography. And mm. I remember all the time Professor being like, oh, this has such a wonderful Wes Anderson quality. Oh, Wes Anderson this, Wes Anderson that. And I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? You I'm are the so tired one. of hearing about it. And now that I've seen his films, I'm like, oh, I can I can kind of see that. But it's been kind of tainted by this yeah. like pretentious art school feel of like, ah, Wes Anderson, the art school guy. Like, oh. did yeah. you check so in your baggage before you love got on the plane? Yeah. <laughs> no, I did not check it off. <laughs> that's unfortunate because you're just like that's that can happen to people. Like yeah. someone is just good at what they do, and yeah. someone else will ruin it. Well, that. anyone yeah. with a really defined style. I mean, I uh, Wes Anderson, Tarantino, these different people who like you know their signature right away. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a black or white without a gray. Air. Like people love yeah. it or hate it. Really it. Very rarely yeah. do you find people who live in the middle about well, it. Well, yeah, and I do though mm-hmm. because yeah. okay. I I do because like. I like what it is 
It's just that it has that tinge of being like, this feels a little pretentious because sure. of the background that it comes with. But at the same time, I watch this and I'm like, ooh, hello. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah. yeah, it's it's a, it's a mixed bag, but I like it. Uh, sweet baby Josh. Joshy Josh. Um, I think that my foray, my start with Wes Anderson started, keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. Hollywood video. Yeah. You know, when you work R. at a video Hollywood store. Hollywood video, baby. <laughs> Hollywood video. I mean, you know, when you work at a video store, you can imagine like the employees I sit around and be like, have it. you seen this? Have you seen that? And it was I Netflix before Netflix. Yeah. So I think, was it Bottle Rocket? Yeah. It's a short film. Yeah. He yeah. has a, no, there's a full length. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It started um, off as a short. Yeah. Well, he does have, yeah, he does yeah. have a short. Um, yeah. And I think I, it, it seems appropriate that that would be the, the my first four. Where you start? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> His first four years is yours? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm, I'm about to say something and I might get punched in the face later. My fist is ready. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. <laughs> I'm not like, I can appreciate Wes Anderson, but I'm not going to be like, oh my God, it's Wes Anderson. That's know, what we not. all sound like. Thank you for that, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. Thanks for making us sound That's so intelligent. No, it's true. Wes Anderson, definitely, you get those hardcore fans and then you get the people who hate it. And then we got a couple of It's funny that they're sitting right here. next to each other today. Hmm. <laughs> and then next to me. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. Cool. I didn't mean oh my to God. No, I'll put no, you, you later. Like off air. Yeah. Off air. Yeah. Off air. Ow. That was a test. Okay. Um, you like that? I'll get harder later. But it, it's just like anything where it's like you can be a fan of it, but it's not like your very favorite. Like I can watch a, I mean, once we get into like favorites and whatnot. You'll um, have one. Yeah. 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 Um, there's I think, a stylistic thing that you're like, like Dana said, it's like, it's, that's Wes Anderson well, or that's Tarantino. It's like, you yeah. see a Wes Anderson movie and you're like, yep. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll match you and say like, Nolan's my favorite director. And then after that's probably Fincher. And then there's Tarantino. Yeah. Tarantino is very much like a, he's good, but you know, I'm like, I'm not gonna be like, uh, uh, I need to watch it. But I know it's going to be a show. I know yeah. for a fact, whatever I'm yeah. watching is a show. So yeah. I agree with that. I mean, that, that kind of segues us into, segues us into our next part. It was like, we can break down, for those of you who don't know Wes's style. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm not going to say in the way where like, whatever, if you don't see him as like diehard fan, it doesn't take away from his merits of right. being a great oh, storyteller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because yeah. um, as someone, like it, the thing I, I enjoy, and I think my, I am one of those people who likes directors who make bold choices mm-hmm. like Fincher is my favorite director and then it's probably like Wes Anderson and I think you have a thing for the meticulous yeah probably that um, makes sense but like but uh like Fincher Wes has like a very defined style that he's decided like it's not it's not the norm it's it kind of goes against the grain right it doesn't it goes out you're supposed to have the fucking rule of thirds throws it right out the fucking window right but for effect and that's what I love about it so like it, once you it's the Jedi way once you know the way make your own way yeah well it's but informed you, by it, it's 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 film and filming style should I say visual style informed by the narrative informed by like the kind of story that he wants to tell yeah um, yeah and like you said breaking those bounds and pushing those bounds as opposed to and not to like call out another director <laughs> But like uh, uh, Shyamalan doing that, and I think he does that for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, You've been called like out. He breaks. Uh, I mean, a, he breaks those film so rules. Shyamalan. I feel there were times it worked. There's big, times that it worked. A bigger but. violator is Michael Bay. He does a lot of homage yeah. to things, and it doesn't get used in the right way. Like Wes Anderson utilizes the style to tell the story. Like you were saying, like you yeah. know, a whip 
from one scene to the next scene, even though they're in the same exact set, it's exactly 90 degrees away from one room to the other room. So everything's still symmetrical is built in because they want to show the space, but they also want to show how the characters move from A to B. And that's something he's really good with too, is playing with space. He'll have Mm -hmm. characters so far from the fucking camera for a reason. And then he'll either have them talk that far away or do something or like that super zoom in really quick. Or they'll run up to the camera. Yeah. Or run away from it. Like Mm -hmm. there's a great moment in, in Grand Budapest, which I'm sure we'll talk about where he's about to get arrested and he just kind of fucking books it up the <laughs> stairs in the background. And the camera doesn't move at all so the whole good. time. There, there's definitely a formula that he sticks to. And I think people love or hate it. I think I find comfort as a viewer in the repetition that he does hold. He loves a good sequence. You know what I yeah. mean? He loves a good let's break out of prison sequence or let's contact the head of in Grand Budapest. There's the whole crossed keys sequence. He loves playing with status. He loves the the older guy with the younger guy, kids acting like adults and adults acting like children and all these different things. And you see it in every single movie. There's a comfort to that in a way. You had something you had said to me uh, the other day about uh, taking life-changing moments and mundane moments and kind of swapping he them. He swaps them. He swaps a lot of things. Yeah. When I was watching a few movies over the past couple of days too, I was really, I was sort of pinpointing all of his things that he does. And he loves taking really big life moments like uh, I someone died yeah. or a the proposal. Well, Steve Zizou, the Life Aquatic, when she tells him your cat died. Yeah. And he really... just brushes it off and says it or like in uh Actually, I think it's Grand Budapest. He, um, Zero is like, you want to marry me? And she's like, yes. And then they make out and then it's over. Like all those big life moments are handled in about three seconds or less. But then super like random, random tasks can be drawn out for about 20 minutes. But in the most intricate Interesting ways. I think, I think great, these are all the elements that drive people crazy. Great example. Or you yeah, <laughs> the great example of like the mundane being huge is the the fight in Darjeeling Unlimited. The fight between the brothers in their in their uh, car. They're just trying to. He's going over the different things that he mm-hmm. has planned, and the one brother doesn't want to do it, and so they start fighting. And then he's like, "I'm gonna mace you in the face. I love you, but I'm gonna mace you." Like it's just like it oh started God, off yeah. as a super mundane thing, but it's one of the higher action points of the movie. Yeah. Which yeah. is really silly because they deal with a lot of deep it's shit. It's a lot of expected with unexpected. I, you expect a lot of his style choices, but he gives you a lot of unexpected moments, like the moment of Gustav just running away when he's like, she's been murdered and you think I did it. And then he just sprints backwards. You don't expect this very composed yeah. person to run away immediately <laughs> and look extremely guilty when he's not. Oh, yeah. I mean, the other moment, the other moment uh, that comes to mind is when we were watching Grand Budapest the other day. And he thinks Gustav thinks he's about to die, and Willem Dafoe is hitting the ice over and over again, and it's cracking and cracking. And so he starts going into poetry, this life yeah, really about poetic. about death and life. And Zero hits him off the cliff, and Gustav stops mid sentence, mid poem, and goes, "Oh shit, you got him!" Like it's those <laughs> little moments that like really it's unexpected. It. Yeah. You don't see it coming, even though you kind of know that Wes Anderson is a fan of that kind of thing. Yeah, you're you're always surprised. Um, I do want to bring up two topics specifically about Wes Anderson and then his filmmaking style because uh, two things that come to mind whenever you think about filmmaking you want to look at inside of a storyteller is mise-en-scene and auteur. For and, our audience who doesn't know what those are. Exactly. So mise-en-scene means making of a frame, making of a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a French term and it's widely used in a lot of film theory. Um, Cahiers du Cinema talks about it a lot. Would you call is, it like composition? It's more than that. 
It's um, it's about everything in the scene at the moment you're watching mm-hmm. it. So it has to do with the music, has to do with the lighting, has to do with what's framed in there, what's the colors being used, what's the emotion of the people. People. So when you talked about how you know children would be held at the top and then adults are at the bottom, you're reversing the dynamics that we normally see paradigms of like authority and not. But like specifically, if someone's in the background or in the foreground, when they use a high angle or a low angle, when you do a high angle, you make someone look small. When you do a low angle, you make them look more powerful. But you know, putting people in the middle or putting a person on the right or the left, putting two people on the right or left side of the frame, like all those things embody the meaning of a, of a film so you know to challenge yourself really you know it's kind of like halfway a point to challenge yourself when you watch any film don't watch it with audio just watch it and see what meanings you can get out of just and he's very visual he's a visual storyteller yeah. and so and that's a cool thing too like all his his aesthetic just looks like any cool portion of like bed bath and beyond on the walls you know it's just like Here's all blues and all the different hues of it. Here's all grays or all here's all the orange and green and yeah. all the neutral colors. So it's like Grand Budapest Hotel. Like every time you're inside, it's just purple everything. Oh, man. But the so- nice thing is like he does a really good job of with set dressing and design telling you everything you know about a certain character mm-hmm. um, just by their surrounding. And specifically mm-hmm. like when he writes his screenplays, like he'll put whatever is specific. Like he doesn't write a lot of like detailed stuff, even though he's very detailed. The only thing that might be like if it's detailed, it would be in like the corner of a room. It'll be like there's a lamp. Or a child in the corner of a room, like, and that's it. And he'll hardly write camera moves because he's he's usually always a screenplay writer, not always a story writer, right? Um, so like he knows what he's going to be doing, and that's really cool that he's able to write for himself. But the other term, like auteur, um, it's more of a it, they they call it more of a theory. I think it's true practice, and auteur is author, and it's supposed to be the author of the film, and. You know, when you think about film, you think about collaboration, you think about everything that goes into it. There's crew, there's makeup, there's lighting, there's camera, there's all these things, there's music. Um, you would think there's no one person. But on auteur theory, it kind of says that there is one. And it's his. And it's the one person who's heralding the film or helming the film. And it's supposed to be like there's a lot of signatures that are hit their own. Like when you turn and watch a movie on TBS and you see a movie, it's like, that's a Wes Anderson film. Yeah. Like you, you don't have to have any context of it, but by this, the look, by composition, the by aesthetic. line dialogue, you were able to tell like this is their signature. Yeah. The film. For, for sure. And so I definitely think he is probably one of the greater auteurs of our time. Not, I mean, I, I'll, say, like, I'll say like this. You can hate him for whatever and say that his movies are bad, but he's an auteur and auteur is an auteur. Mm-hmm. Like he's the filmmaker's filmmaker. Yeah. In, in that sense of like, there's no one person that can replicate his style. Right. And so that's it's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, um, Ali, yeah. any any thoughts, baby? Master of his craft. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I put it before, the thing that I love about it is that it is refreshing. It's honest. It's visually stimulating because of the symmetry and because of the color palettes. Oh, if you're an, if you if have an OCD, if you're an artist, if, you, if you're OCD, oh. if you're visually inclined in any way, like I'm. Uh, like graphic design designer by trait. Uh, it's probably the artwork you're looking at right now. Yeah. yeah. It's like a moving <laughs> art gallery, so his film. For me, it's, it's just, just like, tableau after tableau of like beautiful artwork. Right. And I could totally watch it with no audio and probably get as much enjoyment out of it. And just because of how much I love looking at his movies, um, Grand Budapest Hotel, but even like Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh-huh. like somehow still looks like a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, yeah. Like absolutely, his style nails it. Stop animation. Animation is really good, too. and that's the thing that's that's that I can admire is that kind of going back to the point of like pushing the envelope and um, kind of moving away from those defined like rules of cinema because they don't fit. It's not enough. 
mm-hmm. for him, you know? Yeah. And he needs to create his own languages. Um, yeah. Yeah. Take a way to put it. Joshy Josh. Uh, well, I was with Weth Anderson Weth Anderson. You got me before too. Um, Tell me, Doctor. I think it's very interesting that the casts are always brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. the, the, you take something like Grand Budapest that we've mentioned many times and you look at the cast list and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's a- all a list. It's like a lot of like Working what, with him must be wonderful when you can get a cast like that. But they're they actors. dinner would, with yeah. each other every night and that sort of thing. And like when you get that kind of bond in a group, you know that you're going to get some good chemistry and a consistent story. I think that's why I also think I, I find the movies very cozy and very warm is because it feels like like a community theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, totally. It's like a group of friends. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's what, uh, you know, what's his name? Ed? Forgetting. He plays Ed? Inspector. Edward Norton? In, yeah, Edward Norton. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, Ed. Eddie. So I my pal, Ed. Edward Norton. Like, you're like, oh, that's who he's playing this time yeah. or this week or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, I want to add on to that. I'm going to say this: if you could reel in Edward Norton and his like egocentricism, then you know you're a if, good filmmaker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like if you could control Edward Norton from touching your script, then you're good. Well, it's yeah. like I'm waiting editing. for he like probably has no control in editing either. Yeah, Wes which Anderson, is like usually in his contract. Like Wes Anderson probably got like two buff ass arms that he just strong arms everybody. Yeah, <laughs> but he's always like, in long sleeves. Yeah, I was joking to Dana about this before before we started. And I was like talking about Jason Schwartzman, and I'm like. I'm just waiting for him to show up because I'm like, what is he going to be in this movie? Yep. Oh my God. And that's like, I love that I can look forward to that. And you in a look weird forward way. to it. You can it, look yeah. forward that's to like that formula, that kind of consistent, those consistent themes and language the that yeah. he has. People like like me or whoever who are big fans look forward to that. We mm-hmm. get excited to see who Jeff Goldblum and whoever is going to play. I think other people are like, oh, he uses the same people all the time. But when you got something good, like, like the center starts shot it. and then like, Ugh. The characters start moving into just dollies. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, them, like yeah. A, well, a lot of directors use the same the same folks oh, a lot. Yeah. But the thing I the it's like thing, a theater company. Yeah, I was yeah. Thinking, like the yeah. thing yeah. I yeah, it's your resident actors. The thing I lo- I look up to for him too is that he has brought up the people he started with. Yep. So like Owen Owen Wilson was his mm-hmm. roommate in college. Um, oh. uh, the uh, God. Uh, the Indian guy from uh, a lot of his movies, but from Royal Tenenbaums, uh, it was a guy that owned a restaurant that Owen and Wes would go eat at all the time. And so he put him in Bottle Rocket. He put him in Royal Tenenbaums. Like he put him in all these movies just because he was like it's loyal. Yeah, you let me. You know what I mean? Like, and so I, I respect him a lot for that as well. Like, yes, he's taken on these A list people, but like alongside, I mean, luckily the the people he's included in his things have now become A list people. But ever since the beginning, he was putting Owen Wilson and Jason Schwartzman in things before they mm-hmm. were who they are. Like I was saying in the beginning, of like you always have your go-to actors, and you two are mine right now. But yeah. like Nolan does it, Scorsese's done it with De Niro, and then DiCaprio. But the cool thing about Wes Anderson is that like it's not like he he has one and he sticks with it. It's more yeah. like he has one, and then more people keep joining. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think even it's, Fincher does it. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. I think it's kind of like something where like Wes Anderson's now become someone you want to work with. You mm-hmm. want to have at least one experience to work on a set with Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's amazing how many people that you're like, oh, they're they're now working with Wes, yeah. and then you'll notice they're in all of his movies going forward. Yeah. So I think I think that probably also says something to his work ethic and you know and that all these apparently different has respect. performers can exist in one world together when when you see them in films outside of it you don't think so you don't think of Kate Blanchett and Jeff Goldblum living no. in the same world you know what Not I mean yeah. but then all of a sudden there they are and it's working perfectly and it's working and it's so funny because when 
all of these people are in his film. All of their different quirky qualities come out and he embraces them in whatever character he's created. But then whenever, whenever you see them in other environments, you almost forget that they are, you know, it's, yeah. it's incredible that he can both embrace what makes an actor unique while bringing it into this universe that he's created. Yeah. He allows them to play with play things that they have not been able to play for. because Within a structure, yeah. 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 Sometimes they get typecast. Well, this like a fun, fun fact yeah. for Life Aquatic, which was Ollie's, uh, um, his, his entryway, is that the character Owen Wilson plays, Kingsley or whatever. Ned. <laughs> he, Kingsley uh, Ned. Uh, was not written with a uh, Kentucky accent. And he heard, he overheard Owen Wilson doing an impression of someone he was working on uh, that war movie he was in. Uh, Which, uh, uh, Owen, Owen Wilson, Wilson was in a war movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he was, he was, impersonating, <laughs> feeling. He was impersonating a fellow actor. Oh, uh, Beyond Enemy Lines. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think that's it. That sounds it's, right. I'll, it's I'll Rich, double check it's it, Gene, but it's with Gene Hackman. Uh, so he does an it's impression really of that accent. And he was like, hey, do you want to do that in, in the movie? And Owen was like, uh, sure, yeah, I guess. And <laughs> was, you know, exactly yeah, like yeah, that. And yeah, that's yeah. in. Wow. So, wow, 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 wow. Crazier wow. than a road lizard. So uh, he does allow a lot of like play, which is nice. Um, it's cool to see that with a, like Grand Budapest, seeing a cast like that. And I think, Dana, you were saying, you see them in all their different stuff. And then you see them in something like this. And you're like, wait. Yeah. They have acting? Like they have comedy acting chops? <laughs> they have acting? Do they yeah. Have acting? No, and I think <laughs> it's, like it's a, a respect commercial? on yeah. either Does they end. Act? I think it's a respect. I think it's Wes Anderson having respect for the talent that they're bringing to the table. And then it's the actors coming into a Wes Anderson film and saying, I have a respect for the art that you create. Let's meet somewhere in the middle where we can bring both of our qualities and live in this universe. Because it really is. It's like these other filmmakers who create a universe of their own. And these films take place in different time periods. They may be contemporary. They may be the sixties or so on, but they all exist in a world together. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Even the stop motion ones. I think yeah. that can, they're cohesive. Yeah. I think that yeah. can probably bring us to a chance for us to talk a little bit about some of the movies that we want to talk about. Yeah. I think that's great. I think it's a great segue. Yeah. And one person I haven't heard from a lot is Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, you're I, up first. Look, she's new to the it's a 50, 50 shot here. I am new. Uh, so I'm, just gonna talk about the movies that I saw. The movie, yeah. The movie. I like the movie. I did. I did like the movie. So um, you saw Isle of Dogs. I saw and Isle of Dogs and Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. Um, Go for it. Both of them are very whimsical and dark at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Contrast, baby. Yeah. Yes, a lot of that. Um, to where, and both of them have that that that. Um, Children are the adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he theme. loves hardcore. That. He like, loves that. He loves a daddy issue. Yeah, <laughs> he, lo- he loves young boys ask- acting like they're seventy five years old. Yep. Yeah, well, he, he really enjoys his movies. Are all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And yeah, it's it's really good what he does with dialogue and relationships. So, I'll yeah. You go ahead. Continue. Well, I I kind of don't really know what to say. Because I feel like so much of how he communicates things is visual. So all I can be yeah. is like, I like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like it was the pretty. movie. I like the movie. It was really pretty. Can I, I mean, can I tag on one after you're done? 
Uh, you can tag on right now. One specific thing about relationships with Moonrise Kingdom is that uh, what he does a lot of times, and it's that's why the reason why I was really put off to uh, Wes Anderson a lot is because a lot of the characters sometimes perform things either like very quirkily or they just do it like deadpan. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it. It no? just like, I was like, why oh, are you doing that? And it's cool because it, I kind of really learned that as as a filmmaker or as like an audience, like what he's, you know, what he tends to do is like try to really have audience members engage with that mm-hmm. and figure that out and sometimes give like misdirection. And so what I got yeah. a lot from it was like sometimes characters are very like upfront with what they say. Right. But they don't have like emotion and all this like dramatic stuff. It's just kind of like, here's how I feel. Or, they're like, this very is self-aware. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, they're, they're very self-aware. They're, they're very telling of what they want and what they do. It's like, I want this to happen, blah, blah, blah. Or like, I feel like I'm about to die. You know, well, like, things like that. Even even like the initial, the the meeting for uh, Moonrise of Sam and Susie. Mm-hmm. Right. Did I say the right names? I think I did. You did. Well okay. Done. Thank God. Proud of you. Uh, thank you. Uh, their initial meeting is him seeing her and being like, what bird are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and like she's not even the first one to respond at all. They're like, I'm a this, they're that. He's like, no. And then he just points and he's like, what bird are you? <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm a raven. A raven. That is something I'm about his style too. There's no pleasantries. Yeah. It's all very uh, like, I'm going to speak my I mind. Like it too. I it's all super business. Talk. You know yeah. what? I'm really hitting on why I like this. It's literally the reason we never take Lyft or Uber. We will always, one of us will be the designated driver because uh, we don't want to talk to someone. Is, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Look, it's fake. Wow. It's fake. Like, how are you? And you go, I don't, you don't care. Like, I'm going to be gone in 10 minutes. It. Let's get to the point. And that is something he does. And you know what? I respect him for yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're analyzing with their analyze. Mm. And, and that's, I mean, that's, all of Moonrise Kingdom too. I mean, the mm-hmm. the more emotional parts are pretty, like uh, Scoutmaster. What's his face? Edward, Edward Norton. Norton. That one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know who that is. He was great. Um, yeah. Fight Club, I, my favorite movie. Maybe you heard of it. Oh hey yeah. yeah anyways. Now I know his face. Yeah. Well, I, I was so. wondering why he looked really familiar. There you go. Yeah right. Ooh, learning a lot. <laughs> hey, I'm But yeah, <laughs> like. Him having a drink and a cigarette and being like misty eyed while trying to record his message to himself yeah. as like his little pep talk for the day and he Ugh. just can't do it. Ugh. Yeah. Like that know, was like, yeah. ah, ah, this is emotional weight. Got well, it. it. It's cool because like the the characters are like most of the time they don't they're not again, they 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 are they're very open with their emotions, but they're not like angsty teen CW stuff that I love yeah. also. Yeah, they- but <laughs> it, it, they, they go straight to the point and then you kind of already know what's at stake and it's more about like the relationships, you know, cinematically where they are, where they're framed, how they are like in reference to each other. Yeah. That really kind of help drive like what they want or they do it very subtly in the background yeah. and you're like, oh, I see what's going on. Another going on. element mm-hmm. that I like about that too for anyone who's been in an acting class nope. that mom. <laughs> There's an exercise sometimes done in acting classes where there isn't any dialogue, there isn't any script. The actor is given a task and it's a really simple task. It'll be like um, you're getting ready for the day and putting on makeup and that's all you're given. And you have to really think about what do I do when I do that? And you think about where do I walk to? How do I put on my pants? How do I put on my mascara and all that? And then watching someone live in that real life moment, they're not saying anything and yet they're saying so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He loves that. He doesn't need to verbally tell you the story. You see it when he does like those 
scanning shots in a house where you're just like going through Track. the walls, yeah. tracking shots, and you're just seeing everyone in their bedroom and the bathroom and the this and that living differently. It tells you so much more. The cool thing about his track shots are like most of the time filmmakers don't know what to do with it. It's the most objectionable, objective, objectifying shot. Like there's very little subjectivity where you don't get a lot of emotion in it. But what he does with the tracking shot is able to show you a slice of life mm-hmm. where everyone's doing it's something else. And uh, something that's really big on his like signature is that whenever you see somebody, they're in the middle of doing something else. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so like it shows you that it's kind of like in medias race. Um, so like you don't have to have this in front of like, knows film terms. I don't even know what he oh, said. Immediate race. Oh, the, I, I, okay, I learned this. Shout out to Neil. He's the one who said it. Neil shout Tucker. Up, Neil. Ooh, shout, shout up, Neil. Um, but uh, he's the one who said it, and I was like, what? And then he said, it's in the middle of things. Yeah. So you don't have to do the, I'm this person, and I'm starting my day. It's like. They're putting their shoes on. It's like they're getting their day started. This person's yeah. Oh, cooking. he's putting on rain boots. Yeah. But the jacket. way he puts on rain boots, yeah. Yeah. you learn everything you need to know. Um, something I kind of want to say to his writing a little bit, and then we could dive back into like specific movies, is, is you kind of rang this bell. Yeah, for me. <laughs> Ding. Is uh, he'll, in, in the kind of vein of I love you, I know. I like veins. Which is like Ugh. very straightforward, but like you know that that means everything. He has a lot of dialogue that's like that from Star Wars. Like they'll say kind of like straightforward, blunt things, but the way he's crafted the movie and the characters, by the time they say it at the end of the film, you're like, oh shit. But yeah. they could always be like, you know, I never cared for your hair. It speaks but I never said anything about that because it's I so you. heavy. Like that kind of stuff. You're just like, uh, Bill in like Murray two words. At the end of, because I only recently watched Life, Life Aquatic. Aquatic, and at the very end, when they're in that submarine and he's gone through the movie saying like, you know, nobody likes me anymore, right? Like, everybody liked me before and they don't now. And he's just kind of like saying it. Like, oh, when he's drawn the line and stuff. He's drawn yeah. the line. And he's like, you're on this side and this side. And he's right. He's kind of throwing his little tantrums throughout. And then at the very end, he just silently cries. Mm-hmm. And then everyone puts their hand on his shoulder. Yeah. There's like 12 people all crowded in the submarine that only holds six people. Yeah, capacity and they six. all put their hands on his shoulders as he cries and he's having a huge moment and you don't know if it's because his best friend died or the shark you don't even ultimately know what it is and so much is happening yeah right there after all the With tantrums no throughout the yeah. movie and the, the only dialogue is like the only dialogue Sorry, is do you want to spoil do you oh it's fine no no, no i plugged Spoilers. my ears through oh, literally oh, all i'm about to say i'm gonna get keep, spoiled i'm gonna keep all right going. i'm gonna plug so it like again the only the only bit of dialogue is they find the shark and she's like do you still want to kill it and he just kind of goes i don't think so and that's it like that's the whole dialogue and it's really but that that i don't think so yeah it's not it's not no it's, it's i don't think so and yeah that's what's really beautiful because yeah, it's it's so like still him work. trying to be like i'm tough but my friend died but like no i don't want to kill this thing um, anyway, yeah, your muffs off. Your muffs, um, muffs we good? off. We good? Yeah. Awesome. I'm I want to hear a little bit of Josh and his yeah. movie that he wants to talk about. I like the mo- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, well. <laughs> um, <laughs> Grand Budapest is a recent one that it, when we talked about doing Wes Anderson, I just remember going, oh, Grand Budapest. I, I think back to front, that movie has so many little things that are going on with it. But for me, like, I love my favorite thing about watching some movies is seeing an actor do something that they don't normally do. Like watching Ray Fiennes kind of be this Voldemort, Uh. (laughs) um, not kill people. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but he's, I think of him as John Cleese of like the straight guy reacting to everything uh, that's going on in yeah. a hotel. Um, you're, you're enjoying his just like pulled togetherness. Yeah. And then when he loses it at the end, in a sense, you're like, I just, the, there's so much comedy in Gustav watching. H. Huh? Gustav H. Yeah. Darling. Um, He's so self-serving, and then all of a sudden, the oh, earmuffs. Okay, is this gonna happen all night? Dun, and then dun, dun. he's so self-serving the whole movie. And then whenever he's relating with Zero, it's when Zero's doing something like him, yeah. like talking really poetically or something. And then yeah. at the very end, ultimately, he gets shot and killed standing up for Zero. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you see this like man who loves. Everything's superficial and his perfume and is this and that. And then all of a sudden yeah. at the end. Well, and there's like the other thing I really respect about that film too is the different aspect ratios he uses. I was gonna say for that. what yeah. what was the popular thing at the time. Because it's three timelines. Yeah. There's three times present day, like the seventies and then the thirties. Layers in the first like ten minutes, you see the girl at the statue, mm-hmm. right, of the author. the author. Then we go to the author. Yeah. Then we go to the young version of the, the author. author meeting older zero. And, you and then you meet younger zero. And that's like ten yeah, minutes. Hotel in. It's this nice little like you ever play that game? Where the monkeys have to like link arms yeah. and and barrel the monkeys, barrel, barrel like that's monkeys. how it feels. Like this one, this one opening scene is going to link you to this next one, which links you. You pull the monkey a little further. There's a third one there. It's all linked together. What I got was Wes Anderson does Inception, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, within yeah. that story is this story, yeah. and that story, and that story, totally. and this story. It's like Jesus. And I was like, okay, that's how some people do it. It is. Yeah. So I, I thought it was really cool. But yeah, I think I, I, I yeah. I, 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 I mean, yeah. the whole cast is something that from start that. It'd be interesting to do an episode that was strictly on that to For like sure. really analyze can, it yeah. back to front, but it's it's fun to. I just it's fun. it's it's one it's a it's a thoroughly enjoyable film from start Josh, to finish. It doesn't slow down. Did you? Yeah. Like I like the, the movie. movie. Yeah, I like the movie. And you know who steals movie. it for me too mm-hmm. is uh, Adrian Bro- Brody. Yes, Adrian that, Brody is a perfect film. man. I in Never Grand Budapest. You should is, watch Predators. He's though. hilarious because <laughs> half the lines he said is just this like shit. You piece of shit. Like in Grand really Budapest. Blunt. Yeah. Is that what you just yeah. said? Yeah. He was, it was cracking me up the other night because I didn't remember his character being <laughs> yes. that way because they dressed him so, he's like stark black in this ridiculous well, he mustache. He looks like and Salvador Dali. And there's all this, yes, Dali. he does. And he, who he plays in Midnight in Paris. There you go. Um, But he, so he's so dramatic looking and you have all this poetic language from all the characters in that movie. And every time he speaks, it's like shit. Oh, that candy ass. And you're yeah. like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> what is this it, dialogue? It's, it's really Wes Anderson drawing upon his own style. You know, yeah. really making a point of like, this is how some people are, but this is also how my style is. And you see the difference, the stark contrast. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really good. It's smart. It's it's calling reference to himself. It's intertextuality, but in a very stylized way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dana, I think I know what you're going to talk about. <sighs> oh, oh, there it is. I love the Darjeeling Limited. This is one I feel like a lot of people don't like very Which is, much. Because it, it is different from his it's style. It's different. It mm-hmm. is. It's different. Well, let me add to that because I never watched it. And then all of a sudden, one day, Corey and Dana were like, you want to go watch it in theaters? And I was like, I've never watched it. And yeah. So my Which, first time shout out to the Limley for having a month called Wes is More. Wes because is that's More, a brilliant name. The best month. <laughs> uh, and they showed his movies every Thursday for a month. <laughs> and I saw that in theaters, which I don't think a lot of people got the privilege of doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's really different. And I was trying to pinpoint why I like it so much. 
Um, and it's hard to say because there's a lot of things about it that I think you could say about any of the films. That one in particular, I did find that my favorite films of his, be- right, they all have a, a color palette. I love all the ones where yellow is the primary color. So I have found. Uh, actually, Budapest is my second. They um, love oh. the first like half hour of that. It's like all yellow and then you get a blue the scene 70s, here and there. Yeah. But yeah, it's like Moonrise, uh, Budapest and um, Darjeeling love their yellows. There is something, the aesthetic is something that you can't help but like. Like you're yeah. going to be mm-hmm. pulled in. There's a reason that we are For drawn those who towards- don't- know what it is it's it takes place in india it's about three oh brothers i'm sorry yeah no that's yes. all i was gonna say oh because the other two brothers, are more popular yeah. yes who are getting train. together on a train the darjeeling limited uh they haven't seen each other in a year since their dad passed away and francis played by owen wilson sees himself he says things like did i raise us kind yeah. of that like he, line he just, <laughs> they all sit down to lunch and quietly by himself he just goes did i raise us like, and the then fuck? the brothers look at the other brothers, Jason Schwartzman and Adrian Brody, mm, look at each other <laughs> and they're just like looking at each other like, no, fuck no, you didn't raise us. Um, but I think the dynamic between those three brothers, it's just, I just love it. I love it so much. They're so dysfunctional. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're addicts. They're self-medicating. They're, they're so messed up and yet they're so lovable. I love, yeah. ev- I love each of them so much. And the thing I like about it that really... Uh, resonates with me about the relationship that he nailed about at least all the brothers that I've really known, mm-hmm. uh, the ones that I've been close with, uh, is they do have these like really intense fights, like physical fights, these brothers. But if anyone were to fuck with the other one, mm-hmm. yeah, they would stand up for each other. And they do that. In the, yeah, in the movie and there's, a both, fan, bro. Yeah. there's like this, both, both the feeling of none of them want to be there except for maybe Francis. They, they don't want to be there. They hate their lives, and yet... They're lying to each other. They're lying to each other. They're telling each other the secrets that the other one told them every time one steps away. It's all of this. And yet, (laughs) they'll get off the train, and they'll do whatever spiritual awakening Francis wants them to do, and they'll go in the temple, and they won't pray. They'll just, like, fight with each other and bicker, like, is that my belt? Did you take my belt? Like, you should have asked. And then they'll go and buy, like, a poisonous snake and some shoes and whatever and get back on the train like it's it's What's, such a dysfunctional relationship it's like a it's like a it's like a fine art reality tv show what's yeah that's yes. a good way to put it yeah. what's the phrase that he keeps using that their mom who's played by angelica houston who's perfect in all oh, the west anderson films though, yes, by the way a queen uh he keeps saying like can we make an agreement or can we agree on that or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we, no he can says we literally like, something can we can we make an agreement oh. and da, then da, they, da, never da. Resp- they, they never respond they never respond and he says it like 10 times and then you meet the mom finally and she goes can we make an agreement and you're like that's where he, he got keeps it trying to be really existential he keeps trying to like pinpoint these like really beautiful phrases like the um the train gets lost yeah. at one point and they get off and then the one guy is like we haven't located ourselves yet on the map and he says what what did you say we haven't say that again. We haven't, we haven't located, located ourselves. ourselves, guys. Is that a sign? Yeah. Is can that we, a sign? Can we agree to that? And can they're just like, can we agree to that? Can we agree to that? There's just there's a lot of beautiful. There's really beautiful. There's this part where, um, I mean, I want to give literally everything away for Caitlin, but these it's, boys. That's her fault. It's yeah, her fault. Yeah. It is my fault. Three young <laughs> brothers, um, in a village. I mean, oh. uh, fall oh, yeah. in a river. And they're going to die. And 
<laughs> this is how I'm summing it up. And then the three main brothers of the movie jump in to save them and they lose one of them. And the, the phrasing right he uses too. is another pinpoint of Wes Anderson using like a really generic phrase for a dramatic moment, right? So Adrian Brody gets out of the water and the kid is dead and he said, mine didn't make it. I believe that's the exact yeah. phrasing he said. And it's just for some reason that hurt because you can, as opposed to saying he didn't make it, it's you can tell the character takes on the responsibility of he like, o- mine didn't make it. He owns it. The one it, I was yeah. responsible for died. And it's one of the most moving and gorgeous scenes I've seen in any Wes Anderson film. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to point out one. We can end it on a high note real quick. Yeah. Because my favorite part of the movie is the part with the feathers. Yeah. Um, and maybe you remember it. You watched it more recently than I did. But I believe uh, Owen Wilson hands everyone the feathers and a piece of paper that says you're supposed to say a little say something and then you what are you you're supposed to bury it or oh. something like that he or, gives them each instructions and they each read it differently yeah, yeah and they all come back and he goes did you bury it he goes one, one no i threw mine like no i, I like i'm still holding i'm mine. still holding mine and they all come back with three different outcomes which is like the perfect like these are who they are kind well, of well it also shows how the, how different of like li- where they are in life but also like how different pages they're on yeah so. mm-hmm. um but yeah that's a we it, talked about a lot of the depressing moments this film is also really hilarious <laughs> it's really fucking fun <laughs> i love it it's, it's gorgeous yeah. it's a gorgeous movie the soundtrack he bill murray's got a cameo oh bill murray is in the first what three minutes of the film never is in it uh-huh. again he misses the train um, he misses Literally. his train adrian brody uh passes him to get on the train holding his luggage at the end of the movie yeah. the brothers let go of their baggage and then and jump on the train so yeah. it bookends itself but there's like a lot of there's like, a lot of sincere sweet things like you find out partially through the film that the reason Adrian Brody has been getting headaches through the film is that he's wearing his dad's prescription glasses oh uh, because he he misses his dad a lot like um, and it, it just those little things that invite you to know about the character without you knowing like hey here's some exposition like yeah. oh I just learned something without really knowing that I learned something it's a good movie to do that with yeah which I think will bring to Ollie Ollie Oxenfree. Um, for me, I, w- I was originally planning on talking about Grand Budapest Hotel. Which, Thanks, Josh. But then I but, stole that from you. Well, no, it was. <laughs> yep. Grand Budapest Temple. Yep. No, but it because it, I love that movie. That's probably my second favorite um, is Grand Budapest. Sneak. First. Uh, I thought that was going to be your favorite. You're tricking us all. It was. Yeah. But I just just from talking and stuff, I realized that my hero is still Moonrise Kingdom. All right. Um, if like, and I'll and I'll say like, if anyone wants like, like a staple Wes Anderson movie, mm-hmm. and they want to know like what what's this Wes Anderson character all about, go watch Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, oh like, yeah. Because I feel like that was such a like a culmination of everything that makes it great, makes him great. I feel like you need to make an after with, school special. What's this Wes Anderson character <laughs> like? <laughs> uh, What's the Scorsese character? Yeah. The, show, the show is just called What the What, what with Ollie. What the what? <laughs> <laughs> but I just love, like, obviously, like, the main, uh, the two kids, like, having their love story throughout it is, is for me, that's the, like, that's the thread that pulls you through it. But to me, the thing that I love about it is all the extra characters on the side. Like, mm-hmm. like Bruce Willis. I was going to say Bruce Willis. I was no getting no love for Bruce yeah, Willis. I have, a, I have a very love and hate relationship with, with Bruce Willis. Me too. But I love the hashtag in, Kevin uh, Smith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. <laughs> when you hear some of the stories, but uh, this Check I loved him in. Yeah, um, I had to look it up because I forget. Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand uh, yeah. is fucking phenomenal. Just the Another lemon bars queen. and like mm. 
his like little like love story mm-hmm. in the background, like, sort of in the background that you just don't it's even really good. You it's have really to like good. really be paying attention and really care about what's happening in the scene to pick up on, which is, I mean, Wes Anderson invites you to stare at everything. Yeah. So that, so it kind of works out. Um, and that's why I think it works so well is because it's his style. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... Well, Tilda Swinton's it. really great in that, too, as yeah. uh, oh my goodness. the Child Protection Service CPS or whatever yeah. she's called. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite... Social services. That's what it is. And yeah, she's only services. in it for a, a minute. A little Very, bit. Yeah. Um, to your point, like, how Wes Anderson invites you to see everything. Again, it goes back to the mise-en-scene thing. Like, that's the thing that I think most filmmakers don't get. It's like, you put this beautiful frame, you have this beautiful... All these beautiful things, but you don't make any meaning out of it. So it's like, why the hell would you put, a, like, this person eating a sandwich? Why the hell would you give, like... You don't have to have this person that speaks, like, three or four lines give lemon bars to Edward Norton for no damn reason. Yeah. Like, but he does it because it's going to pay off in the future. And yeah. then it creates meaning. And I, I've, I've always said that you can't really get a lot of meaning during the first viewing. You yeah. have to watch it multiple times. Oh, yeah. yeah. And once you yeah. see that, you're like, holy And that, that's the thing, because... Like I was giddy throughout the entire watching of Grand Budapest. I just love like I've, I've probably seen it like five yeah. six times, and I loved every single time I've watched it. But the most meaning is what I've gotten out of is from. I like that, and that's that's Moon also Rice one of those movies where Jason Schwartzman's cameo is pretty on point. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great as like the the uh, yeah. senior scoutmaster yeah, or whatever. Senior scout or senior scout kid or whatever. Yeah, he takes all the how many, how much money you got? It's all in nickels. <laughs> oh man. That um, was, but yeah, that was, uh, and then it's my favorite of Ed Norton's performances in mm. Wes Anderson movies. Okay, yeah, hmm. I I agree with that. I agree. With that. I'm on. I'm, I'm yeah. So yeah, that. yeah, I just love that movie. I, I agree f- that it's also his favorite. Too. My favorite <laughs> scene in that movie is when uh, they dance on the beach. Like that mm. whole scene, mm-hmm. you really find out a lot about the two of them. About them, I too. guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really a that whole moment is very sweet. And I think the kids did a really good job of making it really sincere. Yeah. And um, good casting. He loves, because yeah. mm-hmm. he has this consistent cast of like all-star actors, but then he'll find these awkward, it, just very real kids sometimes, or just people. Sometimes they're adults too, but like the kids in Moonrise, that girl, bless yeah. her little heart. I don't know if she'll ever be in another <laughs> movie again. She is so awkward. It's painful. <laughs> and yet you could never have another actress act that awkward mm. and real. Like that nope. is the real deal when you're that age mm. yeah. and they're little awkward like things. And like Sam, whatever that actor's name, I'm not sure, but ugh, it's precious. He's precious. His little, what, what is that? How, lisp? I don't, what is that? Yeah. I don't know. It's the cutest thing ever. And Wes finds these, these kids and he embraces what makes them unique and I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. Worked really well because mm. yeah, child actors can be a gamble. Oh yeah, oh, and he loves child actors. Also, that movie's primarily kids. It is. Yeah, Bill Murray in that scene when he walks in shirtless with the, the axe, axe. Oh, <laughs> a bottle of wine and a glass. I know it was. In, I know it was in the trailer, but like when that came out of the movie, great. I. Busted up. Yeah. I forget the exact phrasing he says. I'm gonna but go it, find a tree to cut down. That's right. Yep. And then just walks out. <laughs> and his kid is like, and he gets I back think into it. Dad has a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a f- super Shout fun. Shout out movie. to that yeah. kitten. That was also one of those movies scenes. that usually I know about his films coming out and it kind of surprised me. It, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He it has a way just with was that. like, oh, this. When I saw the trailer, I remember being like, I wonder how this is. It looks cute, but I don't know how it's going right. to be. Right. I was like, this doesn't feel. Like- but it's very Wes Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I remember getting it. Oh, sorry. I think no, it was the no. kids because I think they focused maybe on the kids a lot more in yeah. the advertising yeah, yeah. for it, maybe. It okay. got about halfway through and I wasn't sure how there could be more movie because I was like, ah, oh, there was the arc that I was expecting and it has occurred and we are not done There's for so a endings. long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'll go to me with, uh, for variety's sake, Isle of Dogs. Okay. Um, so after my West, West Connaissance. Yeah. Wessessence. Uh, yes, Wessessence. Um I I was really kind of then now really honing into like I'm gonna look for everything that he has to offer. And so I watched Isle of Dogs, you know, when movie passed in his golden days. And uh, <laughs> hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we'll be back to that. We'll see. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag maybe never. Um, they can't afford sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I watched this and I remember seeing so many trailers for this. Like, I think I remember seeing the marketing for this more than I've ever seen any other Wes Anderson film. Hmm. Yeah. And then watching it, I watched it all alone because, you know, that's how I do it. And uh, how Tom lives his do you life. Think, do you think the amount of marketing has to do with his success with Grand Budapest? Do you Plus, think the studio was like? Because I agree Yo, that it's definitely the most marketing I've seen he, for one of. He's his made stuff. a movie that made bank and awards. Like I, now we can trust. Yeah, I think of maybe. it like this: like Wes Anderson has his audience. Yeah, he has a built-in audience. And people who are going to watch Wes Anderson films know what they're getting themselves into. This allowed people to be like, "I wonder what this is about." And it's about dogs. And I, like, I remember seeing more kids than I thought I was going to see hmm. in, in the theater. Mm-hmm. And it's got very adult tones, which yeah, is surprising. which Super. like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, which I'm to me, I'm totally okay with what, having kids watch adult themed yeah. animated stuff as long as they shut up. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I I I really enjoyed it. It was it was fun because like so I watched Darjeeling Limited for the first time, and then I you know I would be remiss if I haven't <laughs> talked about Hotel Chevalier. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, that one makes me think of you. I always think you'll like that one. It's it's. Obviously, a fucking sad, hope, hopeless, romantic thing. That's a Tom film. <laughs> it's yeah. so bad. Which, by the way, he had intended to have as a full Story. feature. Yeah. And it came out. Also, okay. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. This is the last <laughs> thing I'm going to say for at least 30 seconds. My <laughs> birthday comes up a lot in these films. And uh-huh. this is a recent thing I'm noticing. In Moonrise, they talk about September 2nd. And uh, Hotel Chevalier. How do you say Chevalier. it? Yeah, Chevalier. Oh, I was going to say it right. That came out on September 2nd, and he's a fan of September 2nd, and I'm connected. Carry on. It's like aligned with the stars and the moon. I'm aligned. Um, but no, watching that, like it, oh man, it, like, so I was like, what is that? And then there, and then I was, I was whispering to Corey and Dan, they're like, it's the movie before the movie. It kind of like informs the next one. I was like, there's how many movies are in this? How many movies am I going to watch today? And it, uh, oh, it, it, them. it destroyed me. It broke me apart. And I was like, oh my God, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Natalie Portman it's a funny thing because it later plays on where like he keeps getting these calls from his ex-girlfriend like I should leave a voicemail I should leave a voicemail she called and then all of a sudden there's just one shot at the very end where it's just you know tracking through all these carts in the train and all of a sudden you see Natalie Portman in that character from Hotel Chevalier and she's just like on her phone or smoking a cigarette I forget but she's there I was like but that's in the, the one before the credits. That's in the one before you see the studio presents. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're connected. So they're a package deal. What is happening? So he's changed like the medium of which, you know, how you're viewing films. Yeah. So it's like, and that's one thing you learn in film theory is like what happens before the title is sometimes more important than what actually happens after the title. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the fuck? But anyways, I love dogs. <laughs> um, very enjoyable. Very fun. Uh, Brian Cranston joining the bunch. Um, which I was very much, very much improvable. Yeah, looking forward to. I was like, oh, okay, and I was it was fun, you know, playing that like realize like who's who, who's Edward Norton playing, who's Jeff mm-hmm. Goldblum playing, who's and so um, 
watching this, it's funny because like it's not as where I thought it was going to go with like films like Moonrise or Grand Budapest or Darjeeling, where it's like there are these high end stakes for love, but there was high end stakes for the loss of life. Like the one that really got to me was like Moonrise, where you could see like death is going to happen to one of these kids and it can't happen because the dog dies. And then in Isle of Dogs, like you see like one the 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 dog that they're the MacGuffin dog. Oh yeah, is like all of a sudden like quote unquote might have been dead or might have not been, but there's a legend of it. You're like, what the hell happened? And then they they it's cool because it explores this ideology of com, you know conservation and animal life and the future of you know where it could be. But also the film tackles you know again kids having very adult emotions and you know the adults being dumb establishment being like the man and these dogs are kind of like in the same way of like these bewildered not bewildered but like more like wandering souls and yeah, it's lost together lost together but also they're not only trying to go through this journey to find this kid and or find this kid's dog but finding themselves finding mm. where they belong in all of it because they just were thrown into the situation where they're no longer allowed to be in Japan anymore and I it was funny because what why what what I love about animation versus live action is that you're able to do so much with animation that you can't do with live action. You can make people jump 20 feet in the air. You could oh, compose yeah. frames way better than you can ever compose frames in Wes Anderson films, which is hard to do because Wes Anderson is meticulous in the way where it's like everything is perfect. And then he's able to like, I'm going to create the geography where they will walk this line and then it's gonna be in the middle of the frame and it's gonna be an eagle eye shot which he was able to do with all his films because, you know, he's that kind of meticulous filmmaker. But with Isle of Dogs, he's able to, it's kind of like no holds bar. It's like, if I can get it, I'm going to make it. In fact, and you know, it's like, if I can have it in live action, I'm going to, you know, create this world and do it. So, and, you know, it has a lot of its fun stuff with it where all the fights happen, the robots there, and then... A lot of dog jokes. A lot of like dog jokes, but they, they do the, the little fucking dust cloud of fighting, which is very <laughs> cartoony, which is like, you know, it, it, it brings you out of it where you're like, Oh, this is enjoyable. So it's it's really cool how he blends the the story with a lot of the kind of like lightheartedness that film has to offer, but never kind of takes it away. Like, you know, we talk about bathos a lot where moments will be destroyed because they want to throw in a joke. They they don't. They don't it doesn't do it with this. Yeah. It's perfectly made into commas into the into the mm. series. It's a good way to put it. What well, is it, Josh? Well, what I was gonna say, the thing about Wes Anderson is that like comedy it's the normal that it's can be funny. And so you, you take these normal moments, like we've mentioned before, and are they funny? Maybe not if you just break them down and get them away, but if you put them into this situation, they can be funny. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, maybe this isn't his message, and maybe it is that anything can be funny. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, that's... I believe it can be. Like, anything can be funny. It doesn't have to be injected into it, but you yeah. have to kind of like bake it into it. Yeah. Like it has to be like part of itself. Like it's not like an adding on top. Yeah. And so the bathos, like what we have talked about, like with Marvel, you know, it's a, it's a serious moment, serious moment. And then out of nowhere, something happens. This is like, no, it's a part of the scene mm-hmm. and it just becomes. It doesn't call attention to it. Yeah. It doesn't call attention to it. And it's, it's not woven in. It's not like it doesn't <clears throat> degrade anyone's intelligence of the characters. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, sadly, like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, when like. Mantis gets hit by a random rocket and then all of a sudden Drax says, look out. It's like, okay, we get it. He's an idiot. But then when someone like jumps magnificently and all of a sudden doesn't actually land great, it's like, okay, that's saying because dogs don't land on, you know, all on four feet. So there's this cool stuff in there where it's like, it's just really well ingrained into the story. And it's like, it's someone that, again, he's become not only better at his craft, but just keeps continuing to push it. So. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I got. I dig that. That was well thought out, Tom. No kind of. Off the cuff, baby. Uh, <laughs> for me, uh, and this is still my favorite Wes Anderson film, is Royal Tenenbaums. Uh-huh. Uh, see, for me, I would say the same thing you said about Moonrise. was like, if you want to see what Wes Anderson's about, mm-hmm. watch Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. Um, I think it hits that same itch, right? It does, yeah. Um, for me, there's something uh, that I really love about this. Uh, it's a story about like a, a family of kids who were insanely successful when they were children and then growing up and living with disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of peaked early and because of their dad then had to live this life of like, well, we used to be amazing, right? Like you had Chaz who was like a brilliant uh, uh, accountant at the age of like 12 or whatever and had his own firm or you had Richie who was a tennis star his whole childhood. But then when they reached their, you know, mid 20s or whatever it is, they, their lives kind of fall apart. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the, f- the family aspect of this. I think bringing all of these characters, forcing them under one roof and living together, um, it deals with a lot of um, intense, maybe intense isn't the word I'm looking for, but really deep emotions within dysfunctional families mm-hmm. that like, you know, not to overshare, but I've had to deal with a lot of the themes in that movie myself. And maybe I told you that in confidence. That's, that's the reason I relate to it so much. <laughs> Um, but they have someone, you know, they have their dad Royal who's trying to connect with them after really not being there their entire lives. Um, you know, uh, it's like confronting the brutality of like reality. Yeah. And they, they deal with, they have a lot of those moments too, where like they deal with something that's really harsh in a really small way, like those life moments. So he's pretending to have stomach cancer, Mm -hmm. but he's like chowing down on cheeseburgers (laughs) and, uh, uh, Donald Glover almost said, Danny Glover calls him out and he said, I've seen. I've seen stomach cancer and it doesn't look anything like this. And I like that moment because you know that he's talking about his wife that had passed, which he doesn't talk about throughout the whole movie. And the way Gene Hackman responds isn't a thing. He just goes, ah, shit, and throws down the burger and gets up. Like, that's the whole moment. That's the entire moment. It's done. Or in the street. Uh, so Gene Hackman is married to Angelica Houston. They're the parents. And then they're in the street and he goes... I don't remember her name. What's her name in it? Do you remember? Uh, I can't remember. Ethel, Ethel, Ethel. Anyway, let's call her Ethelene. Ethelene. She's like it's like Ethelene, I think. Ooh. Uh, anyway, mm. continue. Yeah. But he was just like, I, uh, I'm dying. She's like, what? And she, she starts comes crying. back in the frame. He's like, well, not really. No, I'm not. And she's like, oh! and then she goes out of the frame, and he goes, no, but I mean, I am. And she I mean, comes back. I totally And am. so it's just like it, all of those like heavy, heavy moments are all of a sudden handled with this. And then she like, comes back and she says, well, which is it? Are you or aren't you? Like really yeah, calm to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, And then it gets like real, real. Yeah. Um, it is ethylene, right? Yes. Ethylene. Cool. Um, so and I, I, spell like I really uh, enjoy the relationship of, of the siblings. And like none of them really get along, but they're all united in the sense that they hate their dad <laughs> and they blame him for like all their <laughs> problems. Sometimes something. hate unifies um, people. But in the end, they all get around him. Like they, you know what I mean? Like they, they accept him back into the family in a sense. And um, I really enjoy the storyline between Richie and uh, uh, Margot, which we named our cat after. We Margo. named our Shout cat because she has a, uh, one of her toes is black. black so it looks like she's Margo missing has one. a missing finger. Um, but I think everyone really right. shines in this movie. I mean, you have Owen Wilson playing uh, Eli wow. Cash, who's this like actor who's addicted to drugs the entire movie and has that like freak out on the end on peyote. And 
He's got his brothers in there. Luke Wilson's in there who, who as Richie who kills it. And, uh, you know, Literally it deals with like, kills. again, it deals with like really intense scenes where he, he commits suicide. He tries to, uh, kill himself uh, in a really intense scene, but the way it's shot and the music playing under it, it doesn't seem as heavy as it is. Um, but it still takes the issue head on, which I really appreciate. It doesn't try to sidestep it at all. It's just, yeah. Hey, let's let's face this with the tone of the movie mm-hmm. um so it to me that that movie always feels like home and it's one of my wes anderson movies i could watch all the time i'd say my top three i never knew what my third place was till we watched live aquatic the other day and uh and i had revisited it and i was like for sure my top three are royal darjeeling and, and life aquatic hmm. um but for me royal always always takes i like the those cake. yeah i mean I, I feel like that was i think uh ten Wombs is one of the most like character i guess like the characters develop the most because they're confronted with like like you can't escape your family yeah like they're gonna see right through you uh-huh. et, cetera, et cetera and i think you know i'm always down to see more angelica houston in yeah. west anderson movies and this is the one that features her what's well, interesting the, the most i think it's interesting that darjeeling is your second favorite or whatever one of the other favorites because i feel like that is also another movie where the characters go through the most yeah. Like change. It's the one. And Steve Zuzu. Yeah. Those ones yeah. are the ones that like really revolve around like more centralized cast. Yeah. yeah. Instead of like an expanded ensemble. That's right. true. That's mm-hmm. true. I think maybe I just, those ones hit me Which a little awesome. harder. And like, I love the dynamic that, that, uh, Chaz has with his kids. Like the first time you see him, he's doing a fake fire alarm. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it's one of those movies again, where, where you see the characters, the first time you see him, you know what they're about from the first, the first moment. Like he's sitting there on the bed in silence for a minute and it, it's handheld and it backs up and then he's just like, let's go! And the kids know what to do, meaning he's done this before. Oh, yeah. Many times. But then you find out late in the film that it's because his, he's, wife. his wife passed away in an in a accident and he never, he wants to avoid every accident from then on out. Um, you know, and they get outside and I think he says something like, you know, three, three and a half minutes we all be burnt to, or no, he says three and a half minutes. I'm not wearing hockey pants. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was into your story. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he says, you know, we all be burnt to a crisp and just walks inside. And the kids are like, you know, he's right. We we had to stop for the dog. (laughs) That's, that's why. Um, But it it has little moments. Like the scene where Pagoda stabs Gene Hackman with the little knife (laughs) is one of my favorites because he stabs him and then immediately takes care of him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it's this like he just got so angry that he stabbed him and it was just like all right let me get you to the hospital it's like, <laughs> i don't know it's it's eccentric but i i it's to me it's very romanticized yeah i think that uh that brings us to potentially talking about our favorite characters and Oof. moments and stuff like Oy. that we got yeah i mean wow. I, I think you know obviously we can talk about other characters that in movies that we didn't talk about obviously we might have talked about our favorite ones but you yeah. know we could talk about any type of favorite character we might have um, if I can excuse Royal Tenenbaums off my list as like a shelf that all those characters to me are perfect. Um, Life Aquatic is is something rewatching it the other night that really sparked like I I really love the characters in that film. Like I love uh uh what is it Hans, mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe's character Willem in Dafoe. Life Aquatic mm-hmm. where he loves Steve and he's even like aggressive with with Ned because he's like sees Steve as a father figure and now this kid just comes in and is like, you're my dad. And Steve is like taking him under his wing and he's pissed. So he slaps him, right? And later in the film, Hans pisses off Owen Wilson's character and he, uh, the first time Hans slaps him, Owen says, you ever touch me again, I'll give you what you deserve. And later in the film, he slaps Hans 
And he goes, I owed you one. He goes, but you already gave me a warning. Now I owe you one. He's like, no, I, I owed you one. And now we're even. And he walks away. <laughs> and Hans is just like, but you gave me a warning. <laughs> like those, I, I, that character, I think Hans in that character in that movie may have stolen the show for me. That's funny. Kayla? I think Susie. Yeah. In Moonrise. That's a you Just character. because of how authentic her awkward is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How authentic it or is. awkward is. No, no it's, it's, it's perfect. It's the perfect phrase, but I'm like. Authentically awkward. That's a My great podcast. way to play it. It's one of those things that like comes through the eyes. Like it, it's not just like her movements can be replicated as like, this is how an awkward person moves. But like her face is where it's like, oh, this is just you. This is just you. You are in that part of your life. This is just you in that part of your life right now. So this is my body. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just uh, the authenticity of her that that I really enjoyed. You love each other and just want to be with each other. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Apparently everything. Sweet baby Josh. I wish I had more of an in-depth knowledge, but based on my knowledge of Wes Anderson movies, it probably would be Ray Fine. Yeah, Gustav it would be, it would be oh. good stuff. Um, I mean, it, but, it, that, right, but the thing about Budapest Great. that I love <laughs> is that you do have so many characters that you can choose from. I mean, even I could go, okay, Edward Norton. I really loved his character. Adrian Brody, like you mentioned. I mean, it's just like mm. they all have their little things that you're like, oh, yeah. but then there's that. But then there's that guy. And then even that Zero, girl. like you're like, oh, but then there's that. Oh, Saoirse Ronan. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all. Saoirse. Just, yeah. Saoirse. That line, who wouldn't want to work? The Grand Budapest, sir. Yeah. I'm just like, I like you. Because they're so authentically awkward, yeah. their delivery is going to be unique. They're not going to try to do anything. Because yeah. I would agree that that kid who plays Zero lives in a similar world of awkwardness that Susie does. Yeah. Like that's mm. a unique kid that he pulled out. And- it's like Bill Murray and the kid in Royal Tenenbaums, who he thinks is like a secret genius, yeah. but he's really just an idiot. He loves, Aww. Wes Anderson loves yeah. an apprentice. He, yeah. Or he loves like a, I don't know. Dynamic. Like an assistant. A, like an like, assistant, yeah. A, a, yeah, an apprentice, something, yeah. whatever. Dana? Were you, so you didn't pick, well, I, Gustav, I was trying to not pick a Darjeeling one so I could talk about a different one, but I, want, I don't want to steal Gustav yeah. from anyone. You're the guest. But I just watched Grand Budapest last night again. And oh my God, that's a brilliant character. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. He's incredible. And I, oh, I wrote it on my notes, but it's going to take me too long to find. So I'm not going She's to. She's got two pages. I hand wrote notes. my notes she out with little stars and circles. Um, but there's a way in the beginning of the movie, I'm not going to get it word for word now, but Zero describes all the older women that Gustav loves. And he uses Quartz. like these four descriptors. I can't remember them exactly, but it's like he loves them pretentious, old, blonde, and yada, whatever the other one is. And then at the end of the movie, Zero describes Gustav in the exact same way that he is all those things as well. And then he's finally rich Mm -hmm. as well to bring bring it in full circle. But that character, which Wes wrote for Ray Fiennes, um, and he's... He doesn't get to play comical roles very often. So to see him in that role and to be so brilliant and to live in it, to fully embody that character in a way that you can't really picture anyone else. And I I love the juxtaposition between him like waxing poetic and then just like, holy shit, like out of nowhere. And he's so lonely. You can tell and you don't know anything about him. 
You don't know anything about his background. You don't know where he comes from. You just know that he's this lonely guy. Who's very good at his job. Who's very good at his job. Very passionate about his job. Um, loves himself, loves his cologne that he wears way too much of. Um, but he's part of this, the Crossed Keys Society so that's very loyal to each other as well. Um, and everything about him is um, so specific and so well thought out. And it's just an, when he's looking at Tilda Swinton. So Tilda Swinton in that movie plays like an 85 year old woman or whatever yeah. it is who, who is dies in love with and, him and is in love with him. And they meet up to have sex. Um, <laughs> that was the most romantic way I could put that. Um, but Baby he's complimenting her and holding her, her hand. And then all of a sudden notices her nail color. And is like, oh, darling, that varnish is yeah. awful. <laughs> like he's just... The way he jumps between those moments is so wonderful. Shout out to Adrian Brody and Darjeeling Limited because yum. Um, <laughs> love a That's tall, love She's right. a tall, She's lanky right. man with Jesus. an interesting nose. Hey. Um, just, just, <laughs> hey, oh, he is sexy. A stick you feel bad I for. I love a stick. No, I don't feel bad for it. I just want to climb. I just want to oh look. Hello. Welcome Adrian, to the X-rated whatever. episode, ladies and gentlemen. I said Nerd climb. Nerd on after dark. Okay. I meant like a tree with <laughs> you ever look up the and, and wood. And wood. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Here we go. Thanks. Uh, Adrian Thanks, hot. Corey. Let's bring, <laughs> let's bring your wife on and then she brings the... You see that sweaty handprint on the window? I'm just. Oh, we thought Tom brought us down, but I know. we haven't Sorry. done a Titanic episode. So you can welcome me French back. I'm open to it. Ollie. Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> well, follow on the well, well, uh, well, Adrian Brody. I, I, Adrian yeah. Brody. Want to climb him? I love a tall, like you, man. I just want to climb him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you, Tom. <laughs> who do you want to climb? Uh, now, now Let's all say who no, you want to climb. My, okay. Mine, mine actually also was uh, Gustav, Gustav but um, that's three people in a row. I know, I know. Which is fine, but this, well, yeah, no, that's I'll, I'll go amazing with my character. Bow down. Choice, which is um, Ed Norton mm. as Grand as Scoutmaster. Mm. Yes, that's um, fair. I just loved all of his interactions with the scouts. And um, or the whatever camp people, scouts. Yeah, they're scouts. scouts. Khaki, um, khaki, 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 yeah, scouts. Yeah. khaki scouts. Um, and then like his little, <laughs> him like eating the the lemon bar. Lemon bar. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that was because it was juxtaposed with like Bruce Willis. Just kind I, of like no. Also, how disappointed he he is when he finds out that kid ran away. Yeah. He like, loves his job. Why would he do he, that? He's yeah. so passionate about it. And so there's there's someone who all like is running away and he said, like, Oh, what did I do? Why is yeah. he running Should away? Should we find him? Can we use lethal force? No, this is a non-lethal operation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah like yeah. Them having like their weapons. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Giant violent weapons. Battle. Mad Max Nails. weapons. Or left-handed scissors. Oh, Jesus. That Susie stabs that kid, but yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um on. for moi. Um I don't like Zach Schwartzman, Jason Schwartzman Schwartzman in Darjeeling, mainly because I can relate. Um, I love Owen Wilson's character in Darjeeling. I'm not going to use it. I'm just going to use Darjeeling because you can't. Dana. I almost and, did his character, and, so I get. Oh, and but the thing that. is, I yes. want to be. That's what I was just about oh, to see. So, I'm, so I'm gonna do it like this: three brothers, three characters. I want to be Adrian Brody. I love Owen mm. Wilson. I relate with uh, with Jason. That's okay. why those are the three. Nice. Take that. Oh, you are Jason, but not. Don't, you're not Jason. No, you're I'm not like five Jason. feet taller than him. 
Anyway, okay. I, I feel bad I didn't pick a main character, so now I want to. And uh, if you're going to take Owen Wilson. Because with the one foot thing, the one shoe. It's so, so good. Uh, Jason never wears he, shoes in that whole movie yeah. either. When never. he takes his tooth out at the table and they get mad at him for it. Like, could you f- fucking say something? If you're like, take- can you please forgive this? And then something? he does it and later and he goes, he already has it out and he goes, oh, sorry, please forgive this. Uh, I Then I will go with uh, Ethelene. Uh, I think Angelica Houston. I know I've said it twice already. I'll say it three times. I think she is perfect in everything she does, including like Adam's family. Adam's family. Adam's family. Adam's family. Adam's family. Adam's family. Yeah, I think she is. Because she is. And she just <laughs> shines in royalty. Especially box. in uh, direct TV commercials. Uh, her relationship with with Royal is great, but her relationship with Danny Glover in that film seems so sweet and genuine. And Danny Glover, who I never thought I would say this about, seems like such a teddy bear. Angels in the in outfield. That, well, he's always a teddy oh bear. Oh my god! But he's he's saw. I you know what I'm thinking <laughs> oh <my> of. <laughs> you know what I keep thinking of is Lethal Weapons. That's why. Too old for this. Yeah. Shit. So yeah. like I think of him as this grizzled like cop guy. So to see him in this. Bow tie and like when he's trying to do you remember Dana when he's trying to say sweet things and they're at the site and he like falls in the hole yes. mid shot. <laughs> like, yes. I don't know. The it's two of them are great. I could keep going. All the characters, guys. It's all the characters he comes up with. They're all so well defined. <laughs> and I think that's what sells it. And it's weird since we're not doing one specific subject. I don't know if there's anywhere to do qualms. I don't know if we could qualm a, so. a, like a filmmaker. I, I don't really know. Because nah. it's like, again, he's evolving as a filmmaker. So like, you can be like, oh, I have a qualm bottle rocket. Well, it's probably gone by the time you get to like, yeah. you know. People have their qualms, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean like, yeah. I think a lot of the things I love are other people's that's qualms. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll say like this, like the baby, the qualm that I had when I said like, at first it was not my aesthetic. Like it's because his, his audience is for a mature audience. Yeah. It's for a very like uh, an ingrained person that knows that there's such thing as like you style. Need, you need yeah. something to bring you into his world. But it's not. It's not like you need to latch onto something. It's not Hollywood junk to. food. It's not something you just like start eating and just eat mindlessly. You don't just. Oh, I'm gonna just pop this on. Like you have to be like cool. Yeah, it's. A, yeah. I'm ready to like pay attention. It's a Michelin star tiramisu. That you'd be like, I yeah. gotta figure out how I'm gonna like approach this yeah. and like. Uh, not I a kid's have meal. a qualm. Get okay, let's do it. <laughs> that I haven't seen enough of them. Yep, there you oh. go. Ayo, oh, come on one. over. Uh, we have all of them, so don't worry. Oh, worry. dear uh, God, that doesn't surprise me, though. Uh, so, yeah, I feel good about that. Um, I do want to gush about some parts for a sec. There's one part specifically that I thought of, Tom. That was one second. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, no, so there's a part in Life Aquatic where uh, earlier in the film, Owen Wilson says, I don't, he's a pilot, and he's like, I don't swim well. And later in the film, he goes to do a test dive and it it jump cuts. It's like this really nice montage of him getting like used to everyone and doing some things with Steve and like learning the ship. And then it jump cuts and the music cuts to him receiving CPR because he was drowning. <laughs> he fell oh. on me. Uh, because, because what happens is he, he finally gets him to wake up, right? Hans is doing the chest part and Steve is like giving him mouth to mouth and he finally coughs up the water and there's a brief second, like literally like a, one beat and someone leans in with a white balance and goes and then they start rolling and I was like Tom would love that part <laughs> they immediately like, is he okay yeah another like life threatening moment that's handled very yeah. quickly and casually and then, uh, and then Angelica Houston did his heart stop before you pulled him out of the water did his heart stop before yes a little <laughs> but he's fine and but it made for a great now. bit yeah um, I have a part to gush about a little bit yeah that's just the sort of OCD, 
like artist part mm. of me, I guess. And that's just the, you are. the sequence of, of the, of the, what do they call them? Confectioner? Confectioner? Mm-hmm. Making the, the candy. Confectioner. Yes. Yeah, like, Have you seen the special features? Are you talking about in Grand Budapest? Yeah. I've discovered on the special features of the DVD, they give you the recipe. Really? And they film the Were you whole- Binging with Babish? Done so it's like well. Binging with Babish, where they film them uh, oh making it. It's really complex. But it just looks so good. Oh. It's like, I, I want that, but I don't know if I would have the heart to like eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. The Mendels. I was, well, I was reading something that Saoirse was saying that, you know, all those like action scenes that I did in Hannah? Hmm. The things that I had to make in Grand Budapest were harder. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, they're so, so specific and like particular. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I believe my that. God. I believe that 100%. Um, I kind of want to gush about Owen Wilson's character in Darjeeling just because like I loved the fact that he was just trying, he's just trying so hard to like be the center of gravity and trying to bring everyone Can together and help and I help know. everybody. And I was just like, and he's just like, hey guys, we got to be brothers and be a team and work together. And it's just like, he, he to me, it kind of reminded me of like Eric Matthews. From mm-hmm. Boy Meets World of like, <laughs> he's the heart of gold, but he's kind of an idiot. Yeah, um, but you he's sort of lying. Yeah. to protect them in his own mind. He, yeah, it's, it, he's he, that's the funny thing I find about like older siblings when they do the whole like I'm pr- trying to protect you, but it's also you're like you're not also you're also trying to like hover over them and stop their development. Yeah, because they just don't know what else to do other than that. But I just I really liked him a lot, and the thing I found out actually because of this movie, I've just really started looking at Owen Wilson very differently. Like yeah. I've recently started watching a lot wow. more movies, and then all of a sudden, when you when you brought up the whole Kentucky thing, like, wow. I was like, behind enemy lines. I was like, my god. Oh, by the way, it's not behind enemy lines. Okay, that's oh, fine. it's Armageddon. It's not a war movie. No, oh. it's, he's also in behind enemy lines. Yeah, but the accent is from it's from the uh, the guy at, <laughs> yeah, at at the space station on the ground. He's on control. Armageddon yeah. is one of my guys. Let's pleasures. play a really important game: Luke or Owen? Oh, Owen. Owen. No, Luke. Luke Luke for looks. Owen oh, for- my God. You guys all said Owen first, and then you Owen. changed no, your I mind. Say, I, I literally said it like this. Luke for looks, Owen for everything else. Nope. I'm going to say Owen for everything, to be honest. Owen. The brothers. Owen. I, I'm oh sorry. I am God. so... The reason I say Luke is because Richie Tenenbaum... How is Tenenbaum, Caitlin here? <laughs> Richie, oh, Richie Tenenbaum, oh, to me, is you. like a perfect character. Well, I also, love him in that. Shanghai Noon. And also, knowing... Shanghai Noon, love it. I just realized the reason I may like Royal Tenenbaums a little more too is the behind the scenes stuff. So for instance, Luke, Owen, and their other brother, I forget the oldest Wilson brother who's not an actor, have all been, they grew up with Wes, right? So there's a scene. Why are you here? There's a scene. He does matter because there's a scene in Royal Tenenbaums where Chaz talks about having a uh, BB in his knuckle Mm. and the older brother actually does and they shot his hand moving the BB around yeah. in his knuckle. Yeah. Uh, also, there's a scene where Luke Wilson punches a window and uh, he improvised that and it scares the shit out of Bill Murray in the scene and they cut almost immediately to another shot because he broke character. <laughs> but he gets he's supposed to be mad at Bill Murray in the scene because he's married to Gwyneth who Richie's in love with anyway and they're talking and he goes, just makes me so mad. And then Bill Murray starts to talk and he just turns and punches through a real window and it shatters mm-hmm. and they didn't cut. So I just, um, little stuff like that. I want to say it like this with the extra features that you guys have mentioned that makes you like the, the films more. And you know, we talk about baggage is what we bring to the film. And then now you guys are talking about stuff you found after the film. I'm going to coin that 
as the souvenirs you found at the gift shop. I like that. Mm-hmm. The souvenirs. I'll take it. Souvenirs. Yeah. I didn't make, it didn't make us like Trademark. the movie. It made us, made us like it. Molly, print a shirt, please. Also, I well, I love all, in uh, Darjeeling Limited, all three brothers would do their own makeup every day at the oh, beginning yeah. of the yeah. day. Um, and if you've seen it, Owen Wilson got in this horrid accident <laughs> where he almost died and his face is all messed up. And there's a part in the movie where he, oh, he, yeah, he, just, he it, thinks he's healing or he would like to think he's healing. Healing, and you just see him looking in the mirror, unwrapping all the bandages, and then you see how it, messed up he still is. It's so jarring because, the, like, but the scene before and the scene after it are like you know these long dialogue sequences or whatever have you. But this part where he's just in the bathroom, he's just you know undoing his bandages. It's just so like by itself. It just yeah. kind of lives and it's isolated. Own. Yeah, I was like. And, then it, and it's just quiet while you watch yeah. that. And, I, and then I think there's a beat. And then he's like, well, I guess I still have some healing to do. <laughs> yep. And so there's a lot of that in that film. And he, um, so he has this limp from the accident but that he put. Also, what? he's looking in the mirror. He's like, and he says, I got some healing to do. And what's uh-huh. his whole story Reflection. about? I'm just saying. Hello. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you got a mirror shot in your movie, you got to. love a mirror shot. Oh, is that shot. like, is that like. It's like, like symbolism? Symbology. symbology. There's a oh, lot of symbology okay. happening. <laughs> Um, we haven't located I got you, us boo. yet. And he puts a small lemon in his shoe to create his limp in that oh, movie, yeah, which Owen is Wilson, such a yeah. silly choice to make. But then rhyme. there's all these random things like Jack, uh, Jason Schwartzman's character in that never wears shoes once in the entire film, no matter yeah. where they are. And when you start to notice all these things, you don't know what was the actor's choice or Wes's choice or written in or what. So that was interesting because I didn't know that in the screenplays, he doesn't actually write in a lot of these no, details. It's just bolded. So he just comes back later with and, and, it. And there's some things that he just do that are like in parentheses if it's like camera move. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And so like, it's super cool. Like, cause he's um, writing for himself. Yeah. 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 Well, I feel complete. I feel complete. You feel complete? That's great. Let's get pie. Dana. Sounds amazing. Oh, my God. Thanks for coming and being on my show. Oh, my God. You're welcome. Only you're welcome. Thanks for being on my show. This is the Corey show. show. This is not the Corey show. Oh. Thank you for listening. And as always, Corey on. Corey on. (laughs) The powers that be. Corey on.tv backslash I'm content manager. I can content Yeah, that's true. You can Uh, but yeah, thank you for coming. It's been, this has been a blast. This was yeah, really yes. fun to talk about with Wes Anderson. Thank you for, for marrying Wes Anderson. And thank you for asking me to marry you. Uh-huh. Aww. Um, gross. For, for our listeners at Whatever. home. Or Fucking on, gross. For our it's listeners at home like it. or on the road or in the air, uh, where could they find you should they ever want to uh, see more of what you do and what oh, you're about? Oh, fancy. This is the plug part. Oh, you wow. I've never really, board. I've never plugged myself. I'll say all the things. <laughs> Instagram, Danersort. Oh, oh my God, Josh, stealing my moment. <laughs> just came out of nowhere. I'm sorry. Oh, terrible boy. person. It's fine. Right. You have to edit. Well, edit if you it. want to follow edit me it. on Instagram and see a lot of pictures of Corey and our cats. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly cats. It's Mainly good. cats. It's worth the follow. Uh, Sugar, named after uh, Marilyn Monroe and Some Like It Hot, and Margot, named after Margot Tenenbaum. Anyway, uh, Instagram, Danersort, D-A-N-E-R-S-A-U-R. As it sounds. Uh, as it sounds. Could have done Danosaur. Went for Danersort. Um, you I'm can just like Google <laughs> me. Oh, IMDb. You can IMDb me. Dana, D-A-N-A, powers, like superpowers. That's what Corey always says. That's what I always say. Or I say uh, P as in psychic. Or P as in pterodactyl. Well, people ask me how to spell well, your powers it. on IMDb now? Pterodactyl. Yeah. P as in gnome. 
Yeah, exactly. They go, is that uh, B is in uh, like Bowers? And I go, no, no, P is in pterodactyl. Yeah. <laughs> or psychic or whatever. Uh, yeah, Instagram. Uh, I am the bit. Um, storyboard. We are storyboard. We are storyboard.com. B O R E D. B O R E D, which you won't be. Um, <laughs> That's good. Like that. Why haven't we well, done that? Nice. Uh, you're, welcome. you're welcome. You're uh, welcome. It's copyright. She's been whatever. holding on to that in the writing yeah. meetings. Like, Seriously. It's been years, so now I'm like, letting it now's out. Now's my moment. Um, Slow release. <laughs> or just like Google me, see what comes up. It might be some old shit. I haven't Googled myself in a while. Actually, you know what? Now that I'm Dana Powers, I don't think I exist if you Google me. Nice. No, you do. Page do four, I? third column down. Pretty interesting <laughs> stuff, guys. Oh my God, when Pretty did weird you shit. You don't want to know. Every day at six Forums. Months. So, uh, yeah. She also fears of zucchinis. But big this thank you to... Big thank you to Dana. Big thank you to everybody at home. They're kind yeah. of joining our show, right? Yeah, they're of course. Listening. Thanks, yeah. Mom. We only do this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, everyone else also. You. Yes, we do. Um, for show information, you can go to nerdon.tv. Mm-hmm. Earth thing. Earth thing. Earth thing. Everything on everything on everything. I was trying to get the everything. You said everything. 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 Is there all of our content written? Uh, linky links, likey likes, gripey gripes, gripey slip gripes. and slides, all of our socials, videos, yes. reviews, videos. news, all kinds news. of content. Our news. other podcast, <laughs> yes. Trope Time, is also um, going to be found there. And you'll find all links to our social media for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Like, and comment, sub, Marine. Like, comment, That's and do that. Appropriate thing. right now, actually. Yeah. Like Aquatic. With Let us on. know what your favorite Wes Anderson movie is. <laughs> yeah. Put us up. Do. Or tag how much you want to climb at Even Birdie. Mm, or who you want to climb. You know what? I'll welcome anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's dangerous. On game that, <laughs> <laughs> as always, nerd, nerd on. on. Climb on. <laughs> <laughs>